Oh my God, I have chills. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? Hey everyone. Hey everyone. What's up? How you doing? Where you been? What music are you listening to? It's <laughs> a good one. Now that's a good intro. That's what I'm saying. Thanks for joining. If you're new here, thanks for listening. If you like it, please follow or subscribe and leave a review. It really helps us drive up those Apple charts and we want to do this full time, damn it. Yeah. Uh... We're also on YouTube now. We just launched it. So if you're on, if you like YouTube channels, go subscribe. Go subscribe. The latest episodes are on there. I didn't go all the way back to do all of them because I, I think I did the first two episodes and the time it's, I need to pay someone to just do all the episodes. Cause it was very time consuming. And I think like 35 more to go. I was like, I don't know about that. So yeah, the latest few are next week is our creepy listener story episode. This is a new type of episode we're testing out. If you like it, let us know. If you don't let us know. We announced this before, but based on a TikTok I posted a few weeks ago, we started asking for y'all's personal creepy stories, and we got a few submissions that are real good, so we're making an episode out of them. So if you have a creepy story, please share with us. Email email is preferable. We got a lot of submissions, so thanks. Yeah. Now, have you seen Jared Fogle documentary? I'm switching gears on you. Hell no. That creep. Blech. He is disgusting. I mean, obviously, I knew about the child pornography. I did not know he also like, raped children. It is, if y'all don't know, it's the Jared from Subway documentary that came out weeks ago, maybe even a couple months ago. But I just now watched it, and he is repulsive. Is he in prison right now? Yes. Thank God. I don't uh, think I was able to finish it. I, I was like, can I just Google what his sentence was? I think it was 15 to 20 years. I, I don't think I finished the last episode because I was like, I, I, no. It's disgusting. And he's probably lost all the subway money, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. And a woman, well, that's when I'm like, he was worth at like one point, like several million dollars. I'm like, each million, I think it was like 12 million. God, people who've seen it are probably, if I get a fact wrong, I'm sorry. But I think he's worth 12 million. He had 12 victims. I'm like, oh, there you go. Perfect. Let's done. Done. But they like, he had a fake girlfriend who was working with the FBI the entire time because it all started when they weren't dating and he was going around schools to like preach healthy lifestyle and all that. And she was an affiliate. I don't know how somehow, but she was waiting on stage with them. And he just whispers to her, I found middle school kids hot. And she was like, what the fuck did he say that for? And so he's like, she was like, I have a bad feeling about this guy. So she started recording about himself and then she went to that herself. And then she went to the FBI. Hell yeah. And she was in there. Okay. You're now an informant. But he like, she has like an eight year old and a nine year old. And he would start like, she had to play along. But he would uh -uh. start talking about her kid. <gasps> I was like, I'll, just, at one point she's like, I can't do this. I'm not doing this anymore. And it, the documentary doesn't show her reactions to it. Like her saying like, totally you can have sex with my kids but oh it was like that he would yes. say stuff like that like, oh describe your son and daughter naked which one would i like to have sex with more tell me about it, Ew. it disgusting wait isn't that enough for the fbi how long did she have no, to put this straight up like years like no several years 
I'd be like, I've done my part. Here are all the recordings. She did get to that point. I'm done. She did get to that point. That's dangerous. And I know. Now my kids are in danger. Yeah. Um, No, it wasn't enough because he was just talking. He could be all talk. Gross. Well, then what was the straw? What was the straw? A guy who worked with them. They did have evidence of him going to having sex with minors or something. So they um, obviously searched his property, did all that. And I think searched his phone and child he, pornography. He bragged to Jared via text that he had sex with like a 14 year old. And he said, and Jared responded back like, oh, that reminds me, when do I get to pound and said his <gasps> girlfriend's daughter? Ew. And so that for some reason, that was like, we're going to do a search warrant of Jared's house. And that's when they found everything. Oh, gross. He, oh my God, he is disgusting. I mean, the, the girlfriend's like, How young have you been? I think as young as like six. I'm like, No. Oh no. my God. No. It's infuriating. Anyway, if you've seen it, it's fascinating because I'm like, That girl's a badass for helping catch him. I but can. I did you. not know it was rape and I didn't know it was boys and girls. I have no idea about all of it. It's disgusting. I will never watch that but thank you so much for the recommendation (laughs) no problem (laughs) it's never happening i know gross i know okay sorry i had to bring it up i i get that we have new patrons today we have 51 patrons now which is awesome thank y'all so thank you so much guys we literally couldn't do this without y'all because you know we're we're still pre-ads, so this is the only funding we get. <laughs> yeah, which rocks for y'all, actually. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. Ads are annoying, but we do want them. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we do. The newest members being Braylon, Mindy, Jen, and Ashlyn. Ashlyn, you're a third-tier level. Get you a custom shout-out, so shoot us an email or a DM on, on patreon.com. Patreon.com. I always screw that up. But let us know if you have a small business to shout out, birthday, charity, whatever you damn well please. And thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you all. Um, Jen and Mindy, what up? They're my friends here. Um, Jen's the one, if y'all heard the episode on Ruth Finley, who gave me the oh, yeah. tip of where you're supposed to scream your name. Oh, yeah. If you're being attacked. Good tip. Glad I got to share it with the world. Mm-hmm. Do you, before we get into your story want to do a your gender reveal oh sure I, I can't remember if I've already told you I guess not but I'm having a boy another boy boy blue confetti across the screen Sky <laughs> <laughs> riding and whatever a, whatever people do for gender reveals now a, a blue cake it's coming at you through your headphones your car speakers whatever whatever and I think we're gonna name him Wiley after um Barrett's grandfather it's so cute i love it so much britain and wiley it just goes well together you know oh does it hold on let me see wiley britain god damn it you kids are driving me fucking crazy Stop screaming. yeah that does sound good together britain quit hoisting wiley up on the goddamn dog he's not a fucking horsey that is what yeah i like that <laughs> that sounds great together yeah, yeah very <laughs> very natural <laughs> it rolls off the tongue nicely it does good good oh I, I do i do think that is a cute effing name i, know. I like it too obviously that's the giggles everyone's talking about i'm just kidding <laughs> i know really 
Sorry, that was that was funny, people. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on. Pretty... <laughs> Come on, guy who reviewed us. Listen to that and try not to laugh. <laughs> I'm still uh, crying. Okay. That was good. Oh, Thank now it gets serious. That was fun. Oh, all right. I'm ready to get into my story. Okay. <clears throat> I'm telling you the story of Jolene Cummings. Rebecca's telling the story. Sorry, I'm just... I know. It takes two seconds and it clears things up for some people. Fine. Okay. Rebecca, Wiley's future mom is going to tell the story. Yes, I am. Sources are Fear File on YouTube, All That Is Interesting, Oxygen.com, News for Jacks, First Coast News. And there's a podcast called Where Is Jolene? Jolene. Jolene. Ever, it's, Jolene. Jolene. Uh-huh. It'll be an instinct to do that a lot. Okay, I'll tr I'll try not to, but please God. do. We're gonna have Jolene playing in the background the whole time on repeat. Bye. Jolene Jensen, going by maiden name, was born on born in 1984 in Nassau County, Florida. After high school, she studied cosmetology in Jacksonville with the dream of owning her own salon one day. She had a daughter with a man, but it, the relationship didn't last. Apparently, she didn't make the best decisions when it came to men, and her friends say she could have always done better. But she was very excited to be a mom. Oh, Jolene got a job as a hairstylist at Tangles Hair Salon in Fernandina Beach. And through social media, mainly Instagram, she really built up a clientele. So she made pretty good money. Her personal life started rocking too. In 2013, she married Jason Cummings and had a son with him, followed by another son in 2015. But unfortunately, this didn't last either. And in 2017, they filed for divorce. And around a year later, Jolene vanishes. On May 13th, 2018, it was Jolene's birthday and Mother's Day, and she was supposed to pick up her kids from Jason and spend the day with them, but she never showed up. He called Jolene's mom, who called the police, because Jolene was too excited about this day to miss it. She was a single mom, so her kids are everything to her, and spending Mother's Day and her birthday to them was with them is top priority. Yeah. What year? Sorry, 14? 2018. And I, I just can't help but to think that her kids like made an arts and crafts something for a special. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. I know, but their disappointment when they're thinking their mom just like didn't show up. Uh -uh. I know, but I can't, my mind goes there and everyone's <sighs> does. Yours did too. Come on. No, I'm more it, optimistic than that. Who are you? Okay. <laughs> well, I'll go join another podcast then. All right. Oh, sad. Police go to talk to the owner of Tangles, who said Jolene closed the salon on May 12th around 5 p.m. with a new employee, Jennifer Seibert. They called Jennifer, and she said she didn't really know what Jolene that well since she had only started working there a month prior and has no idea what happened, but she couldn't give much more than that or be involved with any law enforcement because she was being stalked by an ex-boyfriend who would be able to find her if her name is in her police report. Oh, the fuck are you talking about? Who do you think they're going to tell? I could see that more, actually, as... If your name's printed in a newspaper article about it, but like, right, your ex-boyfriend's going to the police department to be like, can I read all of your police reports just in case? My mind, my mind immediately goes to five cops getting their hair done like old ladies with the big spaceship thing on their head. Uh -huh. Just gabbing away with their closest gal pals about who's given a statement and who hasn't. Right. Who, they're gossipy yeah. cops. Yeah. And that's unless, what I think of. And <laughs> gossipy gals. Unless he's actively searching police reports how in or God he's a cop in this particular de police department uh, is he no oh okay sure then <laughs> we won't put your name in the police report jane Doe. 
is. Like, okay, moving on. Yeah, they, they and that's what they did. They're like, okay, whatever. And they move on to the more likely suspects, first being obviously the ex-husband. Jason said he was with the friends all weekend and gave specific locations, which were all confirmed. He also gave them permission to search his phone and car, and they found nothing suspicious. So he's ruled out pretty quickly. They then look at her new boyfriend, whose also name is Jason, Jason G., and he's apparently a hothead. Police even found a report filed by Jolene about him getting angry and damaging cabinets in her house and punching holes in her wall. This came from a few days before Jolene went missing. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> Neighbors called the police and to report Jason and Jolene fighting. And apparently it was because Jolene didn't want him to spend the night and asked him to leave. By the time cops got there, he ran out the back door because he's already on parole and had to keep his nose clean. Well, then quit acting out. I know. Um, All right. And Jolene's mom said he had hit her in the past. So they were very interested to talk to Jason. Mm. But when they called, he hangs up on them. When they go to his house, he's not there. I know. I'm like, that's not going to work, son. What a little bitch. And... You're you're just heating up the suspicion. Right. They do eventually find him at his sister's house and arrest him for violation of probation and question him and Jolene's disappearance. He said he was at his cousin's house the entire weekend. They asked when the last time he talked to Jolene was. He said Saturday, which was the day she went missing. Yikes. They asked if they can see his phone, and he said he took the battery out and got rid of it. Oh, okay. I actually threw it in the ocean yesterday. You should have asked that. The shadiest response. Oh my God. Why? What was his explanation as to why you do that? Because he knew that they he had a warrant out and he didn't want his phone to ping outside his set parameters or whatever. Oh. And oddly enough, this does turn out to be true, but oh my God, it does not look good when you're a boy, the boyfriend of a missing person. That is so sketchy. I know. But his dad did confirm he was, in fact, at his cousin's house all night. And they found his demeanor change when talking about Jolene. He went from like punk ass who had issues with cops to very sad and very concerned over Jolene. He could be an acting, he could be an incredible actor. But with this, plus the confirmed alibi, they rule him out too. All right. Detectives go back to Tangles to talk to Jennifer and at least see if Jolene mentioned where she was going after work. The owner calls Jennifer as she happens to be pulling into the parking lot and tell her that the police are there and want to talk to her. And Jennifer throws it in reverse, gets the hell out of there, giving herself the day off. She's stressed. She needs a mental health day. She just started, too. They're lucky to have her. They really are. <laughs> Suspicion obviously grew further when she texts the owner that she has to quit. Oh. Mm-hmm. Bitch, you just started. Right. <laughs> Barely. You're not working much, but you kind of did. <laughs> I know. I know. What a that sketch. So they're keeping a watchful eye on this girl. And on May 15th, authorities receive a tip from someone who spotted Jolene's car in the parking lot of a Home Depot in Newley, Florida. So they pull surveillance footage from days prior and see who they assume is Jolene driving. But once parked, who gets out? Jennifer Seibert. Jennifer. It's always a Home Depot too, is it me? Or is, it, is a Home Depot always involved? We've had several Home Depot or Home Depot like scenarios i know mm-hmm. like do all people not learn any major department store any huge store like that is gonna have surveillance so she's then seen by the cameras walking from home depot to a gas station and calls a cab cops go to jennifer's house but the address address she put on tangle's application was fake oh. so now they can't find her mm-hmm. okay this is a bellow situation but first they shut down tangle's salon 
as the last known place Jennifer and Jolene were together. And using luminol, they see massive amounts of blood on the walls, chairs, ceiling, cabinets, sinks, mops, on a bottle of Clorox. It's everywhere. In the salon? Yep. Ew. <clears throat> so much so that they hold a news conference and announce that they're confident Jolene is no longer alive, even though they <gasps> don't have a body. Oh, God. And that same press conference, they issue a bolo for Jennifer Seibert. So you, so you didn't want your name in a police file. Well, here it is on TV. We're just going to blast it out. Sucker. For real. Surely that's not a real name, though. If she's well, this concerned. Well, we'll get there. Okay. They also pulled security footage from Tangles and see Jennifer taking a lot of heavy trash bags to the dumpster after it closed the night of May 12th. She's taking several trips and eventually puts an entire trash can in there. The dumpster was empty before police got to it, but they did find the name of the driver and found the general area of the landfill where he emptied it. Oh, that's nice. I'm shocked knowing even the day she was reported missing that that was the last place she was seen. They didn't check the dumpster right then? Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I guess not. I guess they had no reason to until they saw that luminol and they're like, whoa, we thought yeah. maybe she left work and met someone sketchy and just, I don't know, she could be held captive somewhere. I don't think they immediately go to dismembering a body. Sure. Police and dogs spent days looking for, for that trash can and several white trash bags in the landfill, but found nothing. They do know, again, because of surveillance, that Jennifer bought an electric saw at Walmart. So it's assumed she dismembered Joanne and she's in those trash bags. I'm so grossed out. I know. It's really sad. And it's so gross to see her tossing them in there like it's it, it's disgusting but you can only see the back of her head but you can tell there's such an attitude when she's tossing them in there like as if she's saying like bitch and tossing it like she's just such a there's such an attitude and I'll post it oh. I don't know how to describe it but like she's tossing them in there like nothing and then walks away with like a pissed off look like I took care of that Ugh, bitch I know when detectives put Jennifer's name and social security number in their system to dig into her past, they said the results gave them goosebumps. Shit. Jennifer Seibert died in a car wreck in 1987 at just 13 years old. What? Wait. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And they soon found out that this woman's actual name is Kimberly Kessler, who has been missing since 2004. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I know this is a thing when people steal other people's identity. It's always a kid. Why is that? Is it? I think so. I don't know. A dead kid. It's sad. Obviously. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Mm, should I Google that? I think that's a thing. Child identity theft easily goes undetected. The yeah. Children rarely realize their identity was stolen. Oh, yeah. I guess that's why. You re rarely realize that ad your identity is stolen until you get denied for a credit card or student loan or driver's license. And obviously kids aren't checking that. Oh, so it's not, it's not necessarily dead kids. Like you said, it's just kids in general. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. Well, this turned the entire investigation on its head and they're all, all right, we need to find this chick now. Luckily, a few days later, they found that she was sleeping in her car at a rest area off of I-95 in St. John's County, Florida, and she was taken into custody for grand theft auto for stealing Jolene's car. That's all they had her on at this point. They noticed she had a bad cut on her face, and she said it was because of a motorcycle accident, which... <laughs> oh, my God. A motorcycle accident left you with one scratch on your face. You are so lucky. Oh, my God. You're blessed. <laughs> yeah. 
then when searching her car, they found shoes and scissors with Jolene's blood on them. So JK about Grand Theft Auto, we have you on murder. They also found five license plates, four wigs, and three cell phones. Oh, shit. But before they present all the evidence to her, they sit her down and question her. And she immediately says, I want to tell you, when you run my fingerprints, they're going to come up as Kimberly Lee Kessler. I'm 50 years old and I've been running from the FBI for over 25 years. Whoa. Mm -hmm. How the hell do you manage that? I'll tell you, Rach. Couldn't run from the FBI for 15 minutes. <laughs> no, hell no. She goes on to tell them she was born in 1968 and grew up in Butler, Pennsylvania. She, she said she ran away from home after high school and had been living under different names after dating a guy in Arizona who robbed banks. That's why she started on the run? That's where I get like, huh? How many banks could he have robbed for the FBI to be after an ex-girlfriend who was uninvolved in the crime? No. That doesn't make sense to me. No, obviously not. That's that's dr very dramatic. There's another right. reason, and I'd I like know. to hear it, please, right now. Okay, well, you might, but, I mean, you will hear another reason. I'm not sure what's the truth, but it turns out she lived under 18 different aliases, lived in 33 cities and 14 states since 1996. She was reported missing by her mother eight years later in 2004. It's a whole bunch of weird shit. Whoa. I know. What? What happened in her childhood to do this? Here's to the thing. I'll tell you about a little bit about Kimberly, but it's a case of like, what went wrong? Oh, it's like, perfect. She, her parents are angels. Well, I don't know about her parents really, but they did interview several former classmates and ex-boyfriends. And the takeaway was in high school, she had a ton of friends. She was a cheerleader. She dated the most popular boy in school. Well, then Apparently. you should be the happiest bitch alive. <laughs> right. You're, you're right. set for life. One anonymous guy even said the word smoke show. She was a smoke show in high school. Hell yeah. Which is kind of weird that they're going all the way back from high school, but that's the last known presence of her. That's the her last like confirmed life. And she's 50 years old now. God, that's crazy. They all said that one day she just flipped a switch and was completely different, telling investigators that it was like she snapped and became a whole new person. Very scary, very aggressive. And she got really into voodoo and witchcraft. In high school? Yeah. Okay. She once got in an argument with her brother, waited for him to fall asleep, and beat him in the face with a baseball bat, knocking all of his teeth out. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was just, like, turned. I'm like, what happened? Then she started dating a guy a few years older who apparently got in trouble because of drugs and petty things. No mention from acquaintances if this was the bank robber or what. That, or if the bank robber even existed. But it was all downward spiral from there. And listeners, if you haven't already heard, Rach dated a guy like this when we were 14. I knew you were going to say this. I was. I thought you were about to start another sentence. I was like, hi, got out of there, Blake free. Nope, here it is. If it's applicable to a story, I have no other choice <laughs> but to bring it up. Yeah, but I didn't start beating you in the middle of the night with a baseball bat because I was dating a thug. <laughs> Thank you for that. I really do. <laughs> this could have been you, Rach. You dodged a bullet. I needed you on my team to cover for me. <laughs> That's true. One of Kimberly's ex-boyfriends, Tim Barnes, said she would be sweet one second and something would trigger her and she would snap. Once even stabbing him in the chest, not fatally, obviously. With a and knife? Yep. And, okay. And bit his dad in the leg, like a damn dog. His dad? Yeah. And I couldn't find more on this, but I really want the backstory. 
I need to, I need someone to paint that whole picture for me. I know. You got down on your knees on your all fours and bit his yes. dad. Yes. Like you're a German shepherd and a FedEx guy. <laughs> like the canine unit officer opened up that back door and you just hauled ass towards his dad. That yeah. So bizarre. Right. And her behavior was bizarre. I don't want to tell you what to do, but I think you should end this relationship. <laughs> yeah. She's stabbing people. She's biting people. Enough's enough. Biting the dad's leg. Okay. Whoa. So this boyfriend also said she used to walk around graveyards looking for girls around her age that have died. Hence how she came across Jennifer Seibert. Her gravestone was the same cemetery as Kimberly Kessler's dad. They're buried in the same cemetery. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Another guy, Tim Edwards, later dated Kim, who at the time was going by Melissa McKernan. They had a son together in 1998, and she signed the birth certificate, Christina Melissa Brooke, telling him she was using a fake name so her family couldn't find her, particularly her mom. Oh, no. What's wrong with her mom? You don't know. She's, she's in the story, and I got to say, I don't, I don't know. She seems lovely, sweet enough, naive for sure, but... You know, she wants to see the good in her daughter and there just isn't any. Shortly after they broke up, Kimberly kept Evan, their son, away from Tim. But when he was just 15 months old, a neighbor called social services on her. And the details aren't clear as to why. But DFAX picked Evan up from daycare the next day. That is so sad. I know. Pissed, Kimberly went down to their office with a gun trying to get him back. Oh, that's not the way to do it. Mm -mm. That's the perfect thing to do if you don't want your child back. But at least he has a dad that's available, right? They don't oh, yeah. need to keep him. Okay. Give, give the dad. Absolutely. In fact, Evan didn't even know who his biological mother was until FBI came, at, came to their house 20 years later. Never even seen a picture of her. Whoa. She didn't. Mm -hmm. That was that? Yeah. Obviously. Okay. So going back to the defects thing. She was arrested and Tim got full custody of Evan, completely terminating parental rights. And that's when she skipped town for the last time. And Tim, that's the last time Tim ever saw or spoke to her. Whoa. Mm -hmm. So when he closed the book on who he thought was Melissa, he really closed the book on her. Oh my God. That is crazy. I know. A ton of ex-coworkers said that Kimberly was very bizarre and something seemed very off. Example being... She asked one of them if she could, she could keep their sunburned skin. Wait. <laughs> Sorry. They were sunburned and she yes. wants the skin. How? Remember when people used to like, like peeling sunburned skin? Oh, gross. Which is so disgusting to look back on. But mainly it was like, I feel like junior high, high school. And people were like, oh, I love peeling sunburned skin. But very, no. very rarely did someone ask to keep it. Like, <laughs> hey, are you going to eat that? Gross. <laughs> so gross. Oh, my God. Were they like, just get Elmer's glue like everyone else? <laughs> oh, my God. Exactly. Rub that shit all over your hand and arms. Let and it dry. And you peel that shit off yourself. Oh, my God. That's the workaround to peeling oh. your own skin or peeling someone else's skin. I'll tell you. I'm good. No. No. You're going to eat that? <laughs> okay. Good for her. Uh-huh. She knows what she wants. 
Cops learned from Tangle's employees that almost immediately Jolene got a bad vibe from Kimberly, a.k.a. Jennifer at the time. And she was very open with coworkers and the salon owner about how she did not think Jennifer was who she said she was. Even telling her to her face, I know something is off. And when I find out what it is, I'm going to out you. Oh, no, no. Shit. But first, I want to take a moment and say, damn, Jolene, she can read people. She knew it. That's a good judge of character right there. I know. And mind you, Kimberly had only been working there for a month. She'd been getting away with this for decades. And this Jolene meets her and is like, you're a fraud. And I know it. Oh, my God. I'm a badass. Yeah, that is badass. She definitely watched True Crime. I wonder what her favorite was. Mm-hmm. Aw. But that got her killed. I know. This is exactly what led to her very sad demise. Oh, my God. Jolene couldn't shake this bad vibe, and Kimberly overheard her telling another coworker she was going to dig for information on her and Google her. And Kimberly was not going to let that happen. So there's the motive. Oh, my God. It seems extreme. You've been running for 26 years. You're asking coworkers for skin. No, you haven't been outed yet. Right. Just let this young girl attempt. You're, this is extreme. Right. And I'm sure out of sight, out of mind, just skip town again. She's not going to harp on this. She has two kids. She's a single mom. She doesn't have time for you. She'll get out of town and you'll be free. Scott. Oh my God. What a lunatic. She is a lunatic. She was charged with first degree murder and she was a menace in that jail while waiting for her trial. (laughs) She would have outbursts, strip naked in front of cops, throw feces at them. What? Oh, yeah. Okay. I listened to several phone calls between her and her mother, Connie, and at first she asked her to be bailed out. She hasn't spoken to her mother in 20 years, and now she's like, what? And she's literally, quote, whatever you can do, little lady, would be appreciated. Wait, so the cops call, and they're like, hey, we we see the missing persons report you have on your daughter. We have her? And yes. Connie's like, put her on the phone? Yeah. Holy shit. Essentially. Yeah, obviously. Not verbatim, but yeah. Right. Holy shit. But so Jolene asks her to be bailed out, calls her little lady, which is annoying. It's a murder charge. Did she have bail? Yes, which is so weird. She talks to her mom about the different aliases she's been living under for the past two decades, which her mom is obviously shocked by. But she won't answer the questions over the phone. She said she'll answer all of her mom's questions if she just gets her out. Like, F off. No. Yeah, I'm done. And at first, it sounds like her mom's in a pickle and very overwhelmed about what to do. Like, she she doesn't know her daughter anymore. She has no idea what she's capable of. Right. She even asked him, she's like, why? The cops think you're involved in some missing persons report. Why do they think that? But Kim immediately dodges the question and starts going into how the cops were kind of making fun of her and taunting her because she had no family that cares about her. Specifically, she didn't have a mom. Like, you are very transparent. This is... (laughs) Yeah, and that's obviously your own damn fault, and you're so manipulative. I know, it's so obvious. Because then she immediately goes, so if you want to come down here and figure it out how to get me out, please do. Like, very clearly playing on your mother's guilt. Very transparent. But after a long pause, her mom is like, can tell a little conflicted, but she's like, yeah, I'll come down there and see what I can do. And tell, and Kim goes, okay, great. It's a hundred thousand dollars. So 10% of that's $10,000. So post it if you can, if you can't, I don't know what I'll do. You're a bitch. Fuck off. 
In another phone call, she tells her mom the cops are poisoning her food and that she's moved into solitary confinement and she loves it. Okay. I know. It's, then stay I'm there. Like, I'm like, uh, you, you don't love it. She then later says the Illuminati's after her. Uh, she's okay, just kind of you. losing it. Yeah. The judge ruled her incompetent to stand trial and prosecutors disputed it, saying the state disagreed. So she was re-examined by a psychologist chosen by the state and that psychologist agreed she was incompetent. They were set to reevaluate her in six months after some program to make her competent, quote unquote. Mm. Wait a minute. I know. Oy vey. Okay. And during that time, she went on a hunger strike for 56 days. She was arrested at 200 pounds. She was now under 90. What? They think she was trying to commit suicide by starvation. Oh. Uh-huh. Which is a terrible way to go. 50. Six, 56 days, days. The compare it's shocking she is skin and bones you're just torturing yourself <clears throat> go without water it'll happen quicker i mean Oof. god oh god even that just makes me want to chug water hold on i'm gonna have a sip <laughs> remember when i got in school suspension and to rebel i went on a hunger strike in eighth grade mm, no please tell me more what the <laughs> hell are you talking about Again, I was dating someone no good. Oh and my I got God, for what, an hour? <laughs> I was in eighth grade, like in the middle of pre-puberty. I think I made it through lunch. And then I was like, dad, come get me. I'm starving. <laughs> oh, hunger strike. Oh my God. No, I did not. I do not remember that. What a freak. What a psycho. I remember mom being like, okay, do it. I'll put you in the hospital so fast with a feeding tube. And I was like, mom, I'm not going to last a day. Come on. <laughs> you were such a dramatic teen. God, the <laughs> angst that came from rage. We should have never gone to that house where I met that bad boy. Oh my God. That is so funny. A hunger strike. <laughs> so dramatic. It's so embarrassing. I was already in end school suspension. What more do you want? Oh my God. Angsty little bitch. I was like Gandhi going on hunger strikes. <laughs> oh my God. I could harp on this the rest of the episode. I will try not to, but I'm completely distracted now. Thank God I got out of that. Obviously. And I'm in for it by having a daughter. Oh, yes, God. you are. I would beat the shit out of her if she turns out like that. <laughs> just For just the ages of like 14 to 16. Then I was over it. Oh my God. I'm so distracted. Okay. I, I got to circle back to there off. We'll take that offline. You don't, you remember that. I do not. You, yeah, actually you don't because I'm not kidding. I did not last a day. I'm sure you didn't. It's like, holy shit. I'm dizzy. I only had breakfast today. Dad, <laughs> come get me. <laughs> I, I was in the guidance counselor's <laughs> office. I remember. I was like, I'm not eating. Dad was probably like, I'm going to get fresh bagels. You're like, oh, fine. Oh my God, take me to Milo's. Yeah. I'm dying. Okay. So back to my story. Officers at the jail even filed a civil suit asking for permission to force feed Kimberly, but she eventually resumed eating. And they found that she was competent to stand trial. So a lot of back and forth, cause delays, back and forth, back and forth, then COVID. So more delays, you know, same old song and dance. Oh yeah. We're like up to date. Oh, yeah. Wow. We're like getting there. The outburst certainly didn't stop, though. Jury selection began in November of 2001, and she had to be removed for yelling that her defense attorney was Jolene's cousin. He was not. Okay. And shit like this with 
every court appearance, mainly yelling that her defense attorney was related to Jolene some way. The defense attorney's just like, hi, no, I'm not. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I quit, by the way. I would be so done with this. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's like, no, no relation there. But she was escorted out of every single court appearance, sometimes as quickly as 40 to 30 to 40 seconds in. How exhausting. Exhausting. They pulled Kimberly's internet search history, as you do. And three weeks before the murder, she was Googling stuff like coworker found guilty of murder, dismembered coworker, nobody, no crime, female murders, female murders in Florida, which God, probably so many. Her, her computer explodes on that one. <laughs> Mind controlling drugs, Jolene Cummings, Jolene Cummings, I vanished. Which I'm like, I don't, what was the strategy here? You're trying to like populate, populate Google search for when other people search Jolene. Jolene Cummings, I have vanished. What's the, like, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know. Weird. The day after Jolene went missing, she spent eight hours Googling her name. That is so, that's a school day. Uh, She's all of a sudden turned into the worst criminal too. You've been on the run for 26 years. Like you've got to be smarter than that. 20, whatever. Yeah. You've got to be smarter than that. I know. Okay. She should know better. She should know better. Well, I mean, I'm glad she didn't, but it's just so weird. I know. Anyway, she was finally convicted on December 27th, 2022, and she was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And when she was transferred to start her life sentence, the Nassau County Sheriff's Department had cake and ice cream. They they literally escaped. I was like, I'm going to kill you. No. They literally had an office party because Kimberly was such a problematic inmate. There were pictures and the cake says incarceration, relocation, celebration. Oh, hey, pizza party. There's like a group shot of them. They're eating. They're just having a fun. Like it's a birthday party. Oh my God. That was like three months ago too. I know. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And sadly, Jolene's body has never been found. Not a trace of her. Well, sad. So she's never had a proper funeral, anything. What? I know. And that is a story of Kimberly mind-blowing batshit Kessler. Damn. I cannot mm-hmm. believe they never found Jolene. I know. Not a trace of her. It's so sad. That's just insane. That was a good one. Thanks. She's kind of more well-known, but I figured it was worth that case. It's just so crazy to me. Y'all, thank you for listening. Please continue to tell friends, tell family, tell coworkers, tell. Please, the word of mouth has been, that's been our number one marketing. <laughs> yeah. And so I appreciate it. Y'all are the best. People are the worst. Bye. Bye. Bye.